Good morning to Radha Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees. This is October 23rd, the year of 2019, and we're continuing to read from the first canto, third chapter, and we are on text nine. And I, I sent a text to our entire family last night saying that this would be an interesting class this morning <laughs> because I didn't know I was going to give it until almost midnight. So please bear with me if the descriptions are a little off. Krishna will forgive me. I'm putting my heart into this, so whatever Krishna wants me to do. But before we do that, we always like to sing Jaya Radha Madhava to get the mercy, to get the potency, to get the blessings. Does anyone have the smaller cartels? The uh, I'm not real good at this one. Okay. Much better. Yes, 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 yes. Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jayarad Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kiriharadari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kiriharadari Yashoda Nandana Prajachara Ranjanan Yashoda Nandana Prajachara Ranjanan Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jayaradam Madhava Kunjabihari Jayaradam 
Jaya Gopishana Vallabha Kirivara Dari Jaya Gopishana Vallabha Kirivara Dari Yashoda Nandana Braja Chararanjanan Yashoda Nandana Braja Chararanjanan Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jaya Radha Kalachanji Radha Kalachanji Radhe Jaya Radha Kalachanji Radha Kalachanji Radhe Jaya Jaya Jagannath 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 Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jaya Jaya Baladev 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 Jaya Jaya Baladev Jaya Jaya Subhadra 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra Jaya Jaya Gornitai 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 Jaya Jaya Gornitai Nitai Goro Haribo Haribo 
Haribo, Nittai Goro Haribo, Nittai Goro Haribo, 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 Nittai Goro Haribo. Jai, Shishiranakala, Chanji Ki Jai. Jai, Shishiranadama Dar Ki Jai, month of Amadar Kati. Kijai, so sweet, so sweet. So, we are continuing to read from the first canto, third chapter, and we are on text nine. Yes. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Turiye dama kalasarje nara narayana rishi buvadma pashama potpetam akara dustaram tapa Turiye dama kalasarje nara narayana rishi buvadma pashama potpetam akara dustara tapa Are you okay, Mataji? Okay. Oh, we were going to put you out if you had a cold so you wouldn't contaminate us. I'm joking. <laughs> no, 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 no. I shouldn't do that to you. I'm sorry. Let me give it. No. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Turiye, turiye dharma kalasarje narai narayanar navrishi Bhuvadmo pashamo petam akaradusjaram tapaha. Would you like to repeat it? In either one of you? Duryadama kalasarje. Naranarayana rishi. Bhuvadmo pashamo petam. Akaradusjaram tapa. Turistama kalasarge. Naranarayanarishi. Bhuvadma pashamo petam. Akaradusjaratapa. Word for word, Turie. In the fourth of the line, Dharmakala, wife of Dhammaraj, <laughs> Sargay, being born of Nara Narayana, named Nara and Narayana, Rishi, sages, Udva, becoming, Atma Upashma, Controlling the senses, upetam, for achievement of, 
Apkara undertook Dusjaram very strenuous Tapa penance. So the translation here is in the fourth incarnation the Lord became Nara and Narayana the twin sons of the wife of King Dharma. Thus, he undertook severe and exemplary penances to control the senses. Purport. As King Rashaba advised his sons, tapasha or voluntary acceptance of penance for realization of the transcendence is the only duty of the human being. It was so done by the Lord himself in an exemplary manner to teach us. The Lord is very kind to the forgetful souls. He therefore comes himself and leaves behind necessary instructions and also sends his good sons as representatives to call out the conditioned souls, to call all the conditioned souls back to Godhead. Recently, within the memory of everyone, Lord Chaitanya also appeared for the same purpose, to show special favor to fallen souls of this age of iron industry. The incarnation of Narayana is worshipped still at Bhattari Narayana on the range of the Himalayas. This is um, this is very interesting. The um, first canto is going to go into the lineage or the uh, order of the incarnations of the Lord. But what's noted is that each time there is an incarnation, that incarnation comes with a purpose. And he comes to perform a specific um, duty. Every reincarnation, if we think about it, and I open it up to you to come up with any other ones. Everyone is coming, and whatever the pastime is, it is for the benefit of the devotee. And of course, it mentions Lord Chaitanya. And Lord Chaitanya, at a time in Kali Yuga, when it was absolutely necessary to understand how to become a devotee and how the process went, came as a devotee of himself. But he never liked to hear anyone calling him the Lord. As a matter of fact, he would put his hands over his ears if anyone referred to him as the Lord. As the Lord, So he came at that point over, is it 1,500 years ago, or close to 1,500 years ago, and he came as Lord Chaitanya. Now, another incarnation that I'm thinking of uh, was one that I attached myself to immediately 
first coming into the movement and understanding a little bit about the reincarnations. And that was Lord Nishrimadev. He was so powerful and he was like a hero. As a matter of fact, we all, whether we mention it, whether we admit it or not, we enjoy heroes. And the Lord is definitely the ultimate hero. But Lord Nishrimadev came, and the point and the message that I get from Lord Nishrimadev's appearance is that he shows that the Lord has absolutely no tolerance for anyone that torments, harasses, or tries to injure or otherwise make his devotee unhappy. And if anyone was to, trying to perfect that, that was Hiranyakasipu. So the Lord came as Nishrimadev, and when he had it up to here, and usually when we say up to here, we're going up to the neck, and that's, that's it, no further. He made his appearance. Another thing that's noted in the Lord's incarnations is that they are all continuations, just like Nara Narayana. Nara Narayana are twins. And we talked about this in the 12th canto when Mark and Dearisi was praying to them because he had been tempted so much. Um, I think it was by Lord uh, Indra. He was putting these beautiful maidens before him, trying to text, trying to uh, test him to the max. So Mark and Dearisi prayed to Nara Narayana. But getting back to Nara Narayana, they are the twins that were born of King Dharma's wife, Meruti. And what happened um, is that there was a demon. And the demon, I believe, has more than one name. And I'm trying to, it's Raksha, Raksha Acharya, Rakshana Acharya. May not be exactly the name, but he goes by another name. But as demons go, their goal is to live forever because they will never get enough of plummeting and trying to destroy fallen the, the souls, those that are worshiping the Lord. And that was his goal. And he worshipped Suryadev, the sun god. So he wanted to, he wanted some boons. Just like, uh, Hiranya, uh, yeah, Hiranya He wanted to live forever. He had all these requirements. You know, I can't die this way, that way, um, night or day on the ground by whatever it was. Well, so did this demon. His name was the representation or it meant a thousand armors, a thousand armors. But anyway, he wanted, um, mm-hmm. he, I'm sorry, was it Banasur? 
And in the in the uh, uh, literature from uh, Iskan Desire Tree, because I anyway, um, there was another name that was given for him also. Yeah, and like the Lord, some of these characters have more than one name, but we know who we're talking about. The point is, he wanted to live forever, and he worshipped um, the sun god, according to um, the records. It, you're saying Shiva, maybe, um, anyway. Getting to the point, uh, he had to perform austerities to get this boon. And the boon, of course, was that he had a thousand armors to cover himself, to protect himself. And the only way that he could be defeated is if someone performed penances and austerities for a thousand years, fought him for a thousand years, and once they cracked one of the armors, then they would die. So this had to be done by someone that was totally extraordinary. So Nauti gave birth to Nara and Narayana, and they are known for performing the severest of austerities in the Himalayas. So the deal was, of course, a thousand Penances, a thousand years of fighting, and then after you fought uh, the demon, after you broke one shill, you would die. So the way it was, um, the way it is told, is that Nada started to fight the demon for a thousand years. Narayana performed the penances, and after that was done, then one shield or one armor was broken. And then, of course, Nara fell. He was unconscious. So Narayana went and did some mantras over Nara, and he came back to life. He didn't come back to that particular appearance. He came back to uh, to Narayana, or as Narayana's companion, which is what he was. So after that one shill was broken, then they switched places. Narayana fought the demons, and Nara performed the penances, all of this for a thousand years. So one by one, their, uh, Lord Narayana pierced the armor, and then, of course, he's the Lord. He doesn't die. So they switch, this goes back and forth, and each time there is a mantra said for the other, so actually they never die, and they go through this 999 times. And at that point, the demon runs to uh, the god that he, uh, the demigod that he worships. And long story short, because he actually took up a fight against the Lord, the Lord punished him, and and of course now you you're you're welcome to correct or mention what the difference is. Um, 
the uh, the Lord punished him, and what ended up happening was that in the next life, both he and the demigod came back as Karana, and they were part of the fight of the Battle of Kurusetra. And Nara became Arjun, and Narayana, of course, is Krishna. So Narayana became Krishna during the battle of Kurusetra. And what I said earlier is that there is always a connection and a continuation with the pastimes and the leelas of the Lord. Because from Naranarayana to Arjun and Krishna. Now, can either one of you think of another continuation where there was an incarnation of the Lord and then the next incarnation became someone else? Either one of you. The point is, the Vedic scriptures are real. It's not, and this is, uh, some of this information, uh, Prabhu, is coming from the Mahabharata. And that was not just someone sitting down writing a fairy tale. It is the history of India. Now, it is not the type of history that leads one to necessarily become a devotee, but it is part of the history of India. What happens is that when people that are not familiar with the Vedic history and the scriptures, when they hear this, they think it's a fairy tale or a story that someone's made up, which means for us that our job was cut out a long time ago when Srila Prabhupada came here, and he worked so hard toward the end of his life. And some of us are discovering that because he was working so hard, he knew the mission that he was on, and he was encouraging his disciples at that time the importance of preaching to others, to let them know about the history and the scriptures, to let them know this is real, this is genuine, and that torch passes on to each and every one of us, which is why it's so important to read Srila Prabhupada's books, to understand that if we do not read all of Srila Prabhupada's books, that the essence of the Veda is in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So whereas a lot of us may not have time to read all of the books, I probably will not read all of the books in my lifetime. I will no doubt read the Srimad Bhagavatam uh, this will be, I think, the third time. But there's never enough times to read the scriptures. Because each time you go through it, you're going to find something totally different, some additional meaning to it. We must preach within our capacity. We must develop an understanding of the scriptures and as I have mentioned many times, and, and it, you know, it, it really goes without saying, but because there are many people listening and some hearing uh, me for the 
maybe the first time or the third or fourth time, I will always tell you, you will never, you will rarely get two people, three people, or eight or ten people to describe from reading the scriptures what they see. Their wording may not be exact. It may not be exact at all. But the point is, the essence of the scripture is there. If you do not understand a word that I say in the explanation, read Srila Prabhupada's books because the essence is there. Whether it's said in a certain way, whether the shloka is said a certain way in a certain, it, it doesn't matter. It matters, but it's not so important that it takes away from the importance of what's actually there, the scripture. And what we find as Kali Yuga totally begins to get worse, if that's possible. And it really is, because what we're seeing right now will change. Uh, for you, Prabhu, in 10, 20 years, you're going to look back at what you're seeing and what you are aware of that's going on around you and wherever you're traveling, and you're going to see differences. Things will change. Things will change in the material world for the worse. But for the devotee, that does not necessarily mean that our life will be worse. It will mean that we will be making some adjustments. There will be some challenges that we have to overcome. But when we take our time in understanding that the Srimad Bhagavatam, the purpose of it, the very purpose of all the scriptures and of the essence of the Srimad Bhagavatam cantos, the literatures, the shloka, the verses, is to know Krishna. In addition to knowing Krishna, to knowing our relationship with Krishna and understanding him. And as in the material world, when you were in contact with someone on the basis of knowing them, studying them, trying to get them, trying to get to know them better, at some point, you're going to like them. And in Krishna's case, when you understand who he is, what he's been offering lifetime after lifetime, and how intense his love is for us, and how he doesn't want anything from us, unless there's something really wrong with individuals, you got to fall in love with him. You actually do. I've heard it many times. I've heard it in um, lectures, you know, to, to have this relationship with Krishna. I'd never heard of it before I came to uh, the movement. But you actually do have a relationship with Krishna, and every single one of us has our own individual relationship with Krishna. Mine is different from each and every one of yours, and yours is different from mine. But the point is, the ultimate 
step, the next step you take is to serve. And when you serve someone, you establish some type of rapport. And depending on the individual, you're serving them and you're loving them even more. Even to the point where if you were doing pots in the kitchen, which is where I started, I had no ego. It was just that the pots were piling up in the kitchen in a temple. And no one wanted to do it. And I'm glad that I put my false ego aside because after I got over the initial impact of this being a uh, loveless job and no one wanted to do it, I began to look forward to it because people began to look forward to clean pots, and they really appreciated that. And I like that type of relationship. I'm doing something, someone likes it. I'm doing something, someone needs me. Our relationship grows according to the intensity of our sincerity. It grows according to the intensity and our sincerity in serving. When you love, when you love someone, family member, significant other, mate, partner, you want to serve them. And then the reciprocation is they enjoy that and they want to give back. Krishna doesn't need any of the service that we give him. He he doesn't need it. He accepts it for our sake so that we can have something to relate to so it will bring us closer to him. I have developed an intense love for Krishna. In the process of serving uh, as a cook in the kitchen, which I used to do, uh, as heading up the food for life before I came here, as being on the committee of the Rathiatra for years before I came here. People loved the Rathiatra. They looked forward to What do you need? And there was always a supply of people. And they weren't trying to serve me. They thought they were serving something that I was doing, but I was serving Krishna. And they ultimately understood that. And a relationship developed. Even with that particular service, a relationship relationship develops. You feel that family-type atmosphere, and that connects you. Then... You develop that relationship of the personality that you're serving, and that's Krishna. And you fall in love. You want to dress the deity, the, their lordships. You want to dress the lordships as nice as you possibly can. You want to prepare servings for them as nice as you can. You want to keep the temple as clean as you can. You want to do everything that's possible that makes them happy. And Krishna has never said that he wanted a lot from us. The shloka where he will accept a leaf, a flower, water, whatever it is, as long as we are offering it with sincere devotion. But he doesn't need it, but he will accept it. I've seen 
I've seen some temples in um, India, you know, along the roadside in some of the small villages where they have a little opening in their house and they've got a miniature altar. And it may look like to us something that they've just put together, but you see them out, you see them outside worshiping with a ghee lamp and maybe putting some nuts or something or maybe some leaves on it. And they are happy, and Krishna is the happiest. It does not have to be an elaborate nine-course meal for Krishna to accept. It has to be something that you do from your heart. Because when you do from your heart, whoever it is that you're doing from your heart for, unless they're very thick-minded, they know what you're doing. And... If they have an open heart, there's some reciprocity. Krishna reciprocates in an overwhelming way for the least amount of service. All that's desired from us is that we try to understand who he is, that we are part of him. He is part of us. We are part of him. And he wants us to have the very best possible. So getting back on track to the um, fourth incarnation, yeah, the fourth incarnation of the Lord, Nara and Narayana, here the Lord comes as twins of the sons of Dharma, and he comes as the Lord Narayana and his friend Nara. And he has a purpose, a mission that he is fulfilling in that incarnation. And as I said, with any of the Lord's incarnations, there is always a continuation. They don't abruptly cut off and that's it. That's the end of that life. It's never. It's never the end. There's a, there's a continuation. There is unlimited incarnations of the Lord. There are unlimited names of the Lord which should help us be open to others as we're preaching. Those that are coming from bona fide established religions, we don't have to hit them over the head with saying, you've got to call the Lord this because that's who I call him. They're worshiping someone and it's in a recognized religion, bona fide, then we respect that. Over the weekend, I'm trying to remember where I was, but, oh, yes. Anyway, I was traveling, and I was talking to uh, a lady. There's always someone we can connect with when we open up our hearts and drop our guard. Because there's no fear when we drop our guards. Even if we take a chance, Krishna is right right beside us, in front of us, behind us. So don't ever be afraid to preach. But I was, she was telling me about how she, mm, she's forcing herself to eat the protein that she calls meat. She's saying at this point in her life, she doesn't even have a taste for it. Oh, and you know I jumped on that one. I, we really talked about that. 
And then we talked about if each and every religion practice, I was talking to a couple of people, if each and every religion practice at least one of their tenets, you know, love thy neighbor, um, Thou shalt not kill. The uh, the Ten Commandments and their other tenets and other religions. If each one of them practiced at least and focused on one of those uh, laws, it would have a tremendous effect on this entire world. If they just practice what they preached. And you'll find in most cases, people do not Practice with a sincere heart what they preach. We can be guilty of it sometimes, and we are guilty of it, which is why we have to really take to heart what's in the scriptures. If you don't understand what someone is explaining, read the scriptures again, find someone else to explain it to you, but understand it because you're going to have to pass it on to someone else. And depending on who that someone else is, you may have to adjust how you put it across to them, and that's okay. Srila Prabhupada, if you really paid attention to some of his his uh his life, he adjusted things according to where he was. He came here, had a couple of rupees, and he lived with the family. They ate meat. He lived there, he didn't condone he didn't condemn them. He made the best of the situation. He didn't say, oh, I can't stay in this house because you all have meat here and you're eating it and da-da-da-da-da. Nope. He is most expert in being an example of time, place, and circumstance, and you'll find more and more. We're having to open up our minds and realize that I may explain the scriptures one way to this individual, and depending on where this particular individual is coming from, whatever their background is, whatever their environment is, I may explain it a different way so that I can connect. The message, the way that it's put across may not always be the same. You look around the world, Everybody has a different type of faith, whatever country they're in, whatever village. The Lord's kind. He gives you what you can handle. If you are an elementary student, he gives you that elementary knowledge. If you're in kindergarten, he gives it to you in such a way that a kindergarten can understand it. We have to be on those terms of understanding that how it is given in the scriptures, there are people that you can just just flow with it and talk to them about it and they can relate. Then there are people where you can read it and then you break it down to how they understand it. So getting back on track again now, as I always like to do, the translation again in text 9, as a matter of fact, um, humor me because I think the translation... And the purport bears reading again so that we can pull the focus back. So that if you didn't understand a word that was said here, read Srila Prabhupada's books, listen. 
to this. Text 9. In the fourth incarnation, the Lord became Nara and Narayana, the twin sons of the wife of King Dharma. Thus he undertook severe and exemplary penances to control the senses. As King Rasaba advised his sons, tapasha, or voluntary acceptance of penance, for realization of the transcendence is the only duty of the human being. That means us. It was so done by the Lord himself in an exemplary manner to teach us. And of course, we briefly discuss the uh, austerities that the Lord um, took on himself to take on this demon. And none of the austerities, none of the challenges, nothing that we will ever go through will match what our parampara has gone through or what the Lord has gone through to make a point, make a point for us to understand as a lesson to follow on the path of devotion to get back to the spiritual, to to get back to Godhead. I'm sorry, I went off track. The, The Lord is very kind to the forgetful souls. He therefore comes himself and leaves behind necessary instructions and also sends his good sons as representatives to call all the conditioned souls back to Godhead. Recently, within the memory of everyone, Lord Chaitanya also appeared for the same purpose, to show special favor to fallen souls of this age of iron industry. The incarnation of Narayana is worshipped still at Badari Narayana. Is it Badrik Ashram is there? So they're still worshiping Naranarayana on the range of the Himalayas. So we'll end at this point. And, uh, of course, if you didn't have a comment, I would be shocked. Yes, Mother. <laughs> oh, oh, the mic, because I can hear you, but they can't hear you. And I believe it's working. Thank you all for being here. This is, uh, and the weather's getting colder too. It's a little difficult sometimes to approach that weather as it is. Haribo. Oh, yes, thank you for adding that because I just didn't want to say the typical, but it is very difficult when it's cold. Cold floor. (laughs) Is it coming apart? It's good. Uh, no, I was wrong, and I just wanted to correct myself. Um, it was not um, Banasura. You, the demon you're speaking of is, a, is Sahasra Kavacha. Yes. Sahasra Kavacha yes. was born as Karna. Uh-huh. And it says here, um, Naranarayan were the two twin rishis who were an Amsa of Lord Vishnu. And Sahasra Kavacha was a demonic king who wreaked havoc in the three worlds to kill this demon, 
Lord Vishnu took birth as Nara and Narayan. But since they were not able to kill Sahasrakavacha in that yuga, they took birth again to kill him in another yuga. Nara and Narayan were born as Krishna Arjuna, and Sahasrakavacha was born as Karna. Ah. Thank you so much. Thank you. So when are you going to give class? Oh, I gave class. You, did, you gave one Monday? When? Ah, good. Just stay in there. There's always something that, new to add. There's always something new to add. And I like it when those... Oh, it's okay. You know what? That's the nice part about being human. The ability to say, I made a mistake or I was wrong. You don't lose anything by it. As a matter of fact, you gain respect by being bold enough to say it. Most people have such a false ego. It's like, oh, I'm not. I may be as wrong as two left feet, but I'm not going to say anything to anyone. That's a bold move. Thank you. Thank you for being there. Yes, Prabhu. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, you have the mic. You were saying how we should try to respect other people's religions, which Bonified, yes. we naturally try to do. But sometimes the other religions just seem so unreligious. You know, like I was seeing, watching some... Muslims trying to destroy deities in Afghanistan that have been there a long time. Or sometimes we have Christians in the name of Christ, they attack the Harinam party or try to stop devotees from spreading Christian consciousness. And then they're always saturated with all kinds of violence with meat eating and alcohol. So sometimes it... We want to respect other people's religions, but it just seems so irreligious. How can we like, consolidate that? You are so senior to me and so well-read that you know that when you come across incidents like that, those particular individuals are not following their scriptures. That's not in their scriptures. Whether it's Muslim or Christian or whatever, if you know someone that is a Christian or someone that's a Muslim, they'll tell you, what these um, radicals are doing is not part of the religion. Unfortunately, they get the most news. So it's up to us to know the difference in what is actually their belief and what isn't. And if we don't know, we should learn. So I had the opportunity to have a, a doctor. Um, what do they call them when they're priests? An iman? Anyway, we talked about, I'd like to, I like to understand. It is rare that anyone comes here knowing every single thing. So it's good to ask people. So if you don't mind, what is your faith? What are your beliefs? And da, 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 ask. And if you have over the years that you've been a devotee, and I'm sure you have, you know, what they're doing is wrong and it's not part of their faith. So it's up to us to be wise enough to know that what we will see will be the publicity that the media wants to spread. But it's actually going on. But we'll see the bad. We won't see the good that they're doing. We won't see the doors that they're opening to those that are hungry in the neighborhood. We won't see them assisting uh, poor people or those, the, the elderly. They don't show that. They show the bad so that... The key is to keep friction going between different groups. 
And unfortunately, they're doing a real good job. But it's our job to be aware of the truth and to spread it. Thank you for asking. Any other comments? Did you? Any? Reality-based. Reality-based. Thank you. Prabhu, did you have a comment? Uh, yes. You um, have to. Every time you hear, you have to have something. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sir. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you know you develop an intense love for Krishna, and it started with just taking out your false ego and cleaning the pots and like that. And the question would be: Is how did you develop that kind of relationship? Good question. Because it's not as cut and dry as it sounded. First of all, it's something, you you know, you notice the pots are sitting there, everybody's had prashadam, and nobody's going toward the kitchen, so you volunteer. And it initially, it's like you're grumbling, and the sink was so high, I had to lean into it. It was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable position, but the end result was that there was a clean pot, for the pujari or the cooks to use to fix uh, preparations for the Lord. That meant a lot to them. So the fact that they were pleased and they knew that either I or I would get someone to help me would do that, just them showing that appreciation kind of made me feel good. And then the trickle-down effect was that the Lord was getting the benefit, and in the process of it, I didn't want anything in return. I just did it because it was something necessary. I kept such an open mind that when the Lord started doing and giving me, I became aware of why is this happening? How? Why am I deserving of this? What's happening? And I began to connect it with, you're serving, and this is the way This is the way the line goes. And this is the way the line comes back to you. But with the understanding, you don't want anything. You just want to do a job so that somebody is pleased. You're serving the servant of the servant. And eventually, if you stick with that, and it won't be, it won't always be pleasing sometimes, but that's a tell. That's a, that's a test. That's a challenge. You have to stick with it, just like the chanting and the reading and the rules and regulations. It's like medicine. Do it with medicine. You don't get the immediate effect. Keep taking it. Keep taking it. Keep doing the very best you can do. And eventually, someone's going to notice. And the most important personality that will notice is the Lord. And you keep your heart open, and you will feel that reciprocation going back and forth to the point where it is overwhelming love. Have you ever had a situation, I mean, have you come across a situation where it's kind of challenging, you know, and you're doing some seva, and maybe you haven't really connected with that intense love yet? Or have you noticed that maybe you are aware of that love? Or have you had situations that you can talk about? Well, um, I suppose like what you said, that not 
everything will be the way we like it to no, be. No, it won't. And it will be challenging for sure. Yes. And I suppose in that instance, in that moment, like it will be, at least for me, um, it's like I'm covered. I don't see the re- the whole picture. Yes, that's true. We yeah. are. And, we are. Mm-hmm. And you saying like you just stick with it. That's that's something that's like, uh, I mean, that's for me is like something. Um, I don't know the word, but that's something really good to hear. <laughs> it is, yeah, and, and, and like, you don't you. Everyone, we don't all know each other so well, and I hope that we get better at it because there's so many people walking around and I see the face and I know a little bit about them. But even though you may not know me, know that I'm sitting here in a holy dom in Texas in front of the Lord and I don't believe in lying. And the one thing that I can be honest about is that I have stuck with certain situations and they have been overwhelming to the point where you go through the dark night of the soul and it's like you're walking down this lonely road and nobody sees you and nobody knows what you're doing. It's like you're lost. You're not. Krishna is always right there. It's a test. We're being tested step by step by step in this material world because we have to be of a particular pureness, quality to get back to Godhead. And as the challenges come and we overcome them, we will be elevated to a different level. Each time there's a challenge, look around the corner. Something's about to happen. Something really, really beneficial to you. You're going to take different conscious elevations, if that's a proper way of saying it. But the test is Survival of the strongest. It really is. And you really have to be strong because the tests that come to us as devotees are sometimes like tests you've never seen before. Like you can't even imagine, why is this happening or why am I going through this? Even illnesses that come to devotees, it's like, where did that come from? Like it's unheard of. Like my guru Brown skin, dark brown skin, but with melanoma, which is normally something that those of a lighter skin or Caucasian catch. Unheard of. Your challenges will be unheard of, but the rewards will be greater. The longer you hold in, if everybody else is being challenged and going this way, you go the other way. You do the opposite. You hang in there because... Take my sincere words. It is worth it. And I don't know all the things that you're going through, any of you. But if it's happening or you're going through it, it's happening for a reason. And whatever the challenge is, it could be a lot worse, but it isn't because you've taken shelter of Guru and Krishna. But if nobody else knows what you're going through or sees what you're going through, you know that Krishna doesn't miss a thing. You just hang in there. And with me, it took over 20 years to finally realize my relationship with Krishna. And it's like my, 
you know, like the, the, I don't know if you know about the Grinch that stole Christmas, the guy that didn't have a heart, and when it finally came, it's like it grew so big. That's what I feel when I'm around the energy of sincere devotees. That's what I feel when I'm putting an outfit together for, for their lordships or dressing them or whatever, or just looking at them. You love them. Greatest love that you'll ever find. But in order to get to that point, there will be little pebble stones along the way and challenges. And just like the best medicine in the world, keep doing it, keep taking it, and eventually you'll see the results. But don't do it with the consciousness of, I'm going to get this in return, because that's a business arrangement. We don't have a business arrangement. It's a love arrangement. But whatever it is you're going through, it'll pass. Yes. Just thank, keep doing it. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, for sure my experiences or your experiences is way more severe and, oh. you know, and stuff like that. That I, I have been through or I'm going through. But mm-hmm. yeah, hearing that from you is like really uplifting and encouraging. It's worth it. It's worth it. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being here. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Jai Shishi Radhakala Chanji Ki Jai. Vaishna Ki Jai. Jai.